Thank you very much for coming to Regular Features. The podcast that's exactly the same every single week. And like every week, we're bringing you this podcast live from the Canal Cafe Theatre. It's a fucking warm room, lads, isn't oh, it? <laughs> there's a lot of flapping in my eye line. Yeah. <laughs> we did have the doors open for a bit, but they, I don't know if you guys saw them on the way in. Um, there's about 12 people just off their nuts on the corner. Um, so we have to close it. Uh, there's a bit of fan here. You're welcome to fight amongst yourselves to get, get to it. That would look a lot like a stage rush, which would really help our egos. So if you don't mind, <laughs> just go for it. Well, we haven't done it for ages. What have you guys been doing since we saw you? Don't answer it. Let's, let, yeah. hey, it's fine. Um, you guys excited? Oh, absolutely. I feel terrific. Well, we've got a little job we need to find before we start the two most disgusting, reprehensible people in this audience. If you think that that is you, raise your hand right now. You don't go do anything. You just got to shout out your name. <laughs> Gonna need more hands than that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two your you. hand seems to be up. What's your name, lady? Holly. There you go. Nothing else happens. Uh, man standing up with the beers. What's your name? George. George. Holly and George. Holly and George. The most reprehensible people in the room for reasons they can't possibly understand. Babadook! The Babadook has spoken. Yeah, it's like, I was just about to say, it's nice and hot. Let's get weird, but... <laughs> Weirder. Let's get weirder. To those listening at home, in a brief moment of courtesy, the Babadook is sitting at the back of the stage. <laughs> we didn't think through explaining that. Uh, should we do a feature? Yes, please. Should I, play a, should I play a jingle before the feature? I think we should. Do it. Are we done enough? Okay, good. I need to, I need to live We're fade. Really? Am I dreaming? <laughs> Everything feels very strange in this room. Um, now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve's mystery clue adventure. I recently received a letter hand-delivered by Royal Mail Ooh. to my very doorstep. And it was addressed to, funnily enough, Joe Scrabbles. So he really <laughs> dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> but Joe, why don't you read out what the letter says? It says, Dear Joe, hello there. It is I, Log's eccentric great-uncle Alfred McClue. You may remember me from every time Steve runs out of feature ideas. <laughs> if you're reading this letter, then I fear that the worst has come to pass. I have eaten the cursed berry I found while searching for clues in the Amazon rainforest and been transformed into some kind of dipshit animal. It's very much an Emperor's New Groove kind of deal, except I'm fucked if I'm expected to learn any sort of moral lesson at the end of all of this. Lama David Spade may have had the capacity for emotional growth, but I, Alfred McClue, are famously incapable of self-improvement, caring only for riddles and mystery. My dear great-nephew's friend, Joe, you and your friends must come at once to Cluington Manor, my stately home in Wellwyn Garden City, where I carefully concoct the cryptic conundra that confound you so. Once there, you must find me in my animal form, whatever that may be, and turn me back into my human self by solving the clues I present to use. Please make haste. I can already feel my arms and legs turning into beaks and hooves and all sorts of crazy animal bullshit. To help you in your quest, I've devised a quick warm-up riddle to get your clue glands pumping hot mystery enzymes into your question-parched guts. Warmest regards, Log's great-uncle Alfred McClue. Nice. Riddle one. <clears throat> As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven knives. He demonstrated them to me. I think he worked for QVC. And when I said, no knives for me, he threw in a paring knife for free. It has a money-back guarantee for the low, low price of £9.93. 
And when I declined once again, he said, I wasn't asking, friend. I've got seven wives to feed. Now give me your money or I'll make you bleed. As I was going to St. Ives, I was mugged by a man with seven knives. But if a courtroom he should see, what would his likely sentence be? Do you pay attention to that? I'm really hoping this is a script. Yep. Uh, uh, Here's a a double printed. Um, So, you have three options. Shit, was that the first riddle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've just been the victim of a violent robbery. What is the average sentence passed down by the the Crown Prosecution Service for a violent robbery? You have three options. Okay. The first one. I I tried to buy balloons, but it's uh, the Notting Hill Carnival, and balloons are in short supply. It turns out. That's got to be the only time of year where you can't buy balloons. Is it a eight month suspended? For the listener at home, Steve has written these on latex blown up gloves. B life. <laughs> I love the life is B. <laughs> or C, four to five years. I. It's not life. Uh, which would you? Which would you want us to say? <laughs> it's not written on there. <laughs> I really uh, should have given you some indication. Uh, well, well, life. <laughs> <laughs> I. 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 I think the actual one is six months to send a sentence. I think four to five years imprisonment. Do you think that? I think that one hundred percent. Why don't you pop the latex glove? <laughs> that says four to five years. And if you are correct, chew it. That was as good as I could have hoped for, but I forgot that latex gloves have that weird... So much like, powder came out of it, yeah. <laughs> There's something in here. Shut up. I can't get it. This is fantastic. Steve, what's that? Okay, well, as you, as you get it out, I'll read... Um, uh, oh, <laughs> a dusty key. <laughs> Correct. Though the maximum sentence for violent robbery in the United Kingdom is life imprisonment, Gav... Most people charged serve between four and five years for their crime. In some circumstances, a prosecutor may wish to pursue an additional charge of false imprisonment, which carries a maximum sentence of a further five years. Please dispose of the remaining two balloons properly. They contain dangerous amounts of incorrect gas, which, if released, would turn everyone in the room completely wrong. Now... This must be the key to old man McClue's creepy bastard mansion in Wellwind Garden City. Well, let's go inside and find this crazy son of a bitch. Turn him back into a human and be back in time for Peaky Blinders and Chips. I love those Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Just when you think they can't get any peakier. Bam! They blind you with hitherto unforeseen degrees of peakiness. Bless folks on the task at hand. The sooner we rescue Log's disgusted uncle, the sooner we can get out of here. Hold on. Open with Google Play Music. <laughs> Who still uses Google Play Music? Log's creepy uncle. <laughs> that was a creaky door sound effect. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's warm inside Cluwinton Manor. I'm sweating like a nun in a bakery. A nun who really likes bread but isn't allowed any because God said, said so in a prayer. It must be all the hot, wet clues coursing through the floorboards. This place runs on raw clue energy. The lights, the Enigma-powered light rail network, the hand-cranked clue mangle, the projector that costs us £15 to rent per live show for some reason. All of it is fueled by pure riddles. So, I feel like that was a late addition, Steve. No. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote that before the the Did projector you? failed. Yeah, <laughs> the reason why we're forty five minutes late. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon, that wasn't a dig. <laughs> Got it. <her. laughs> 
<laughs> so that must be why this electronic locked door won't budge. It's powered down like a complete bastard. I know. Oh, wait, no. Is this the same thing? Yeah, yeah I know. Is. Let's solve a cheeky little mystery to give it the jolt of clue power it needs to open up nice and wide. I've got just the riddle for this occasion. I have eight legs and I live on a web. I like to eat flies and I'm called a spider. <laughs> but what am I? think you're a web, Joe. No. You're, you're definitely a web. 100% web. No, I'm not a web, and you've only got 17 more guesses before the house gets furious and instantly collapses to the size of a sugar cube, crushing all of us inside of it. Okay, fine. Are you eight legs? No! Well, you're definitely a fly, then. No! Okay, you're a web. No! Are you the number eight? No! Turn page. <laughs> I figured it had something to do with legs. Almost. Ah, you a spider. Correct. I was a spider this entire time. God, we're good. It worked. The door is opening. (laughs) And what's this on the other side? A curious rustling sound coming from underneath that metal mixing bowl. It's a small bird. It wants to say something. <laughs> Give it time. <clears throat> Sometimes it likes to talk through Google Play Music. That curious rustling sound is I, your great uncle Alfred McClue. I got turned into a little bird when I ate a bad berry in the jungle. It was hanging there, just out of my reach, so I sort of had to jump and flap my arms a bit to reach it, kind of like a like a half-jump kind of thing. It's actually a really great and funny story, but there's no time for that now, boys. You've got to return me to my human form. Anything, you, anything for you, our tiny bird uncle, whom I love. Thank God for the Babadook. Why is everything going wrong today? It's your fault, Babadook. We never should have trusted you. (laughs) Thanks, Babadook's friend. (laughs) From beyond the veil. Christ alive. As I am imprisoned inside the body of a sweet little birdie boy, my cognitive abilities are, shall we say, less than shite. So I am really going to have to muster all of my rapidly deteriorating brain power to compose a riddle cryptic enough to turn beast into man. Lay your fat honker of a riddle on us, Log's dad's mam's brother. We can handle it. Okay, then why don't you wrap your little brains around this mind teaser that I've come up with. It's a bird-themed riddle that I have been working on, and it goes a little something like this. If you take a bird and place it in a uh, a sort of... If you put the bird in an arena with a circumference that is roughly, you know, exactly 20 times the height of the bird. And you, um, if you, you put 20 birds in that circle, um, each of the birds uh, has a, has a um, if you put the birds in the circle, the birds, uh, what was it? There's, um, seeds and um, how many you've, every bird eats 20 seeds every seed takes up um, a seed's worth of space in inside the circle so with all of that with all of that in mind um, you've how many birds yeah, how many birds <laughs> How many birds? It's got, we think, 
it's one. One bird. One bird. Oh, that's such a good answer. That would be it, wouldn't it? it <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. Bloody hope so. <laughs> mm, yes, that is correct. You did it, boys. You solved my clues and reversed the horrible bird curse that has befallen me. Alfred McClue. I can feel it already. My cloaca is juddering. My beak is softening. My wings are turning back into human arms. I am becoming myself again. Now, please excuse me while I briefly leave the stage to take a quick and important phone call. Hello? Why, yes, I was involved in a car accident that wasn't my fault. Yes, I will hold. Yes. It's Log's great uncle. Yes. Well, it was slightly my fault. <laughs> now, witness the professionalism as we try to play a jingle. <laughs> Matt's here, everyone. Hello. <laughs> that is not a hat. I'm just calling it right now. It's hot in here, isn't it? It's mental. It's really hot back there. Regular features. Regular features. Regular features. Oh! I just want to. Steve, this is literally your house key, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Right. Uh, the other day, I was taking my beautiful dog Coco for a walk. Uh, it's not a story you guys can join wherever you want. Not there. Um, she's a very well-behaved dog, uh, mostly. Sometimes she's eight and a half years old, so sometimes she goes a bit mad. Uh, and on this uh, particular day, I thought, Do you know what? I'm gonna let her off the lead. So I let her off the lead down by the canal. I would say it took her conservatively 17 seconds to just go, fuck this, and run away from me. Uh, but she dashed off towards what was just a big old staffy, big old scary looking staffy. And uh, I think the staffy had the biggest dick, <laughs> and, but also nuts that I'd ever seen. But they were both like, the nuts were huge. On a staffy yeah. or? On any, <laughs> <laughs> on man or beast, <laughs> on man or beast, it was the biggest nuts and balls I've ever seen in proportion. Do you know what I mean? Right, I was going to say. Gotcha, gotcha. I was like, have you seen an elephant? Yeah. <laughs> on a staffy, um, and I, I, like one, I was impressed. Two, I need to get my dog. Right, that's where that's where I am. And Coco ran straight over to him, and then she looked me deep in the eyes and she licked his dick. <laughs> Is like, this a power move? Like, and she's got little fucking black shark eyes as well, so when she's doing a licking, you know she means it. She took, she looked me right in the eyes and she licked this dog's dick and then she ran off. Like, looking, looking the happiest you've ever seen a dog. And I've seen some fucking happy dogs in my time, let me tell you. Um, I, I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. Uh, like, I knew I was forever changed a little bit, even though I was kind of looking... You're the me. next Attenborough, you know? <laughs> I can't tell whether I'm sweating because of the heat in this room or how hot that story was. <laughs> this is basically sexy sauna story time now. Yeah. Um, but I knew, I knew my life was changed from that point onwards uh, because I, I couldn't stop laughing about it. I didn't stop thinking about it. I was lying in bed just going... <laughs> <laughs> Just having a great time, just thinking about her running off and licking this uh, dog's dick. Girlfriend didn't want to talk about it as much as I did. Um, and I talked about it a lot. Uh, so the next day I was working in the, in the house by myself. And you know when you're just thinking about something, and I don't know if anybody here works from home, but you start like singing to yourself. And it's just like, most of the time it's just nonsense. Um, like, or you get like a line from a song in, 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 inside you that needs to come out. 
Uh, I, like I, I sort of flip-flop uh, around, but there's one that I do, which is, uh, is a line from Beauty and the Beast uh, that Gaston sings, where he just goes, Just watch, I'm going to make Belle my wife! <laughs> That's me, just walking around my flat. <laughs> do you not just automatically modify the words, though? Because I always well, modify the words. Working down the mine. Uh, like mine is like, death to the west. Ba -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> That's a popular one at the moment for me. I don't know how, how my neighbours feel about it, but <laughs> it makes me smile. It's funny you should say that, Matthew. <laughs> oh, no. That is, that is what happened. So I started singing about this, you know, I, I'd just seen Hamilton. <laughs> so I was like, right. I, 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 it's not a Hamilton song. I know you're really excited there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> One person going fucking mental. <laughs> it's not a Hamilton song, but I'll be down in the pub afterwards. I will talk about Hamilton with you. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> talk about it now. No. It's great, isn't it? Um, so obviously you guys, you know, about Hamilton, like he did this musical about uh, a, a treasury secretary, uh, Alexander Hamilton. Lin-Manuel Miranda made this uh, musical about him. I see a lot of myself in Lin. Um, <laughs> but whereas he sort of comes up with his own songs, I had uh, Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl <laughs> and I liked it in my head. But I changed the lyrics. So it was, I licked a dick and I liked it. Um, so I was singing that quite a lot, and I thought, do you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough just to sing this one line. I've got to write an entire song about Coco's behaviour. And uh, if we'd had the projector working for you earlier, Shannon, as I said that, you looked up and I caught your eyes. That, again, not a dig. <laughs> got it. Um, <laughs> uh, if the projector was working, you'd have had a karaoke video, but unfortunately it's not. Can so, you yeah. angle the screen so that we can see it and we can sing along? I've, I've just got an MP3 of it. I'm just going to play. Okay, oh, we'll but, do but that. Yeah, you can if you want. Do you well, want I mean, it? I mean, I don't know. I'll give it a go. All right. You need to fill a little bit because I haven't saved that one to my uh, thing. So. Have you got any songs you sing around the house that are inappropriate? Definitely. Mm. Uh, you're allowed just, to sing out. Mostly just Gregorian chants. I just walk around just going... <laughs> Mo. <laughs> That's not <laughs> and it's for the glory of our God. That so. just sounds like somebody, somebody trying to remember like uh, theme tunes for 80s spy dramas. <laughs> As someone who today had to listen to all the regular features jingles, I did have to remind myself of how shite the House of Cards jingle is. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bad ones. And there's a what does that one go like? <laughs> exactly. It just goes boom. Like that for ages. I'm not being funny. I've legitimately been in less warm saunas. This is amazing. Does anyone, did everyone bring a towel to it as per the instructions? It was on the ticket. Uh, anyone, any of you guys do any other songs? Maybe one that would take this loading bar. <laughs> Just play the MP3. It's fine. It's fine. It's there now. Good. But also, there's a video in the background which only you guys are going to see. I'll show it to you down the pub afterwards. It's dogs fucking. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I've blurred it though. You're, you might be able to, yeah. If it was my dog's fucking, I'd show you. But, you know. Consent, fine. sure. You've done the Japanese porno version <laughs> of, of dogs. Listen, I had a four and a half hour train journey down from Glasgow yesterday. I had a lot of stuff going on. Right. So, this is. Edited it in public. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, did, I feel, I did feel a bit naughty about that one. <laughs> You probably should. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get questioned well, when you got off at Houston. The thing is, though, for a while, I was like, I was telling a girlfriend about it. I was like, oh, I did feel really naughty, like editing the lyrics to that one. She was like, what about the videos of the dogs fucking? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> especially because generally, especially if editing on a low-powered machine, you put the effects on last. So that blur. Oh, that's too early. Right, you guys ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to hold it just to make sure it goes. I can see it. I can see it. So if you, you want to sing along, you can. Also, bear in mind. You might be able to work out some lyrics, yeah. <laughs> I would say roughly 80% of them. Uh, anyway, here's a song by the time that uh, my dog licked a Staffy's dick. <laughs> Went for a walk by the canal to chase a little stick. I'm getting bored of my human pal I saw a big old dick I should just play it cool But I could see the tip My mouth started 
to drool. I just had to taste it. I lick the dick and I like it. The taste of his hairy lipstick. I lick the dick just to try it. Hope my owner don't mind it. It tasted lush. I didn't bite. Don't mean I'm not spayed tonight. I lick the dick and I liked it. I don't even know his name Chief Bandit or something Licking Dicks is the name of the game And I can't wait to play it It's not what good dogs do But I don't give a shit His human was not amused I just had to lick it the dick and I liked it The taste of his dirty lipstick I licked the dick just to try it Hope his owner don't mind it It tasted lush, I didn't bite Don't mean I'm not spayed tonight I licked the dick and I liked it Dicks are just so magical Veiny shafred tips so lickable Makes me do the unthinkable Too good to not lick it I did it once and I do it again I licked the dick and I liked it The taste of his hairy lipstick just to try it Don't care if Gav don't like it It felt so warm, it felt so right I'm sleeping outside tonight I licked the dick and I liked it I liked it I think that's legitimately some of the best work you've ever done. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> Christmas number one, double A side with working down the mines. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will that be by uh, Katy Perry as well? Babadook's <laughs> jaw has fallen off and his hat. <laughs> there was a point where the Babadook was on his knees. Fucking on the bitches, looking at the pictures. Well, now it's me. <laughs> I think as we've established over the years, I'm the coolest member of this group. And as such, I present to you a folder of fan fiction I wrote about games of Warhammer I played when I was 11. Uh, my parents were cleaning out their garage recently. <laughs> Did this bunny gents fall into the category of things you have to take now? <laughs> <laughs> this fell into the category of it fell down the back of a water-damaged chest of drawers. <laughs> and if I hadn't taken it, it would have just stayed there during the demolition of the garage that was going to happen wow. soon. Uh, and I'd forgotten about doing this because I tend to blank out things that are terrible for my psyche. <laughs> Uh, just to give you a taste, this is the after the first page, which is uh, an illustration that I've scanned and put a cool background around. I think I know him. Uh, he's called he's called Inquisitor Tyrus Babadook. Oh, nice. Uh, this is the first page. Okay, here's the deal. Tyrus is a witch hunter, so he hates psychic things. He mixed two freaks together, so he's trying to kill someone. With me so far. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of leaps in logic as if you've read the Inquisitor rulebook. Just so you know, it's a spin-off of Warhammer 40,000 that's more based on roleplay. I love how you rate yourself so much that you've laid down some really complicated law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get me. Well, here we go. Here's some more complicated law. Shred is pretty freaked. <laughs> He's trying to run away. His tyrant-class ship was pretty manked up and minging. <laughs> Basically, it it's, sucked. I'm not sure that minging was part of the uh, codex, was it? 
It is when I fucking write. Uh-huh. Tyrus saw his chance to kill him. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> End of story. Guess again, punk. <laughs> Majos Delphin Grus. The stupid Ege, which I think is short for Egypt. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Helped Shred. He fixed his ship and Shred got away. Damn! Why doesn't he just go to hell? I don't know. So Tyrus got very angry. Very angry! And this is what happened. And then follows six or seven pages of me in painstaking detail <laughs> describing a game of Warhammer Inquisitor that me and my brother played. There's some great stuff in there. I don't think that's Comic Sans, but it's not far off. Oh, it is Comic Sans. Okay. Uh, things like the shot hit Gruss's right leg and the semi-mechanoid howled in pain. <laughs> Uh, there's a bit about uh, phosphorus gel in a shell failing to ignite. It's all really good Are you stuff. secretly Zack Snyder? No, I'm secretly a fucking bore. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a the bit, question well, stands. Yeah, fair, but, <laughs> there's a bit, uh, it's very dull. Basically, I realised as I was reading this that uh, based on like events, I'm not a good reporter on that stuff, which you know is bad because that's my job. Um, but then the bits where I'm uh, going for a sort of narrative sense... Uh, they, that's where it really picks up. So I, I thought I'd read you a little bit um, where I really... I'm basing this on, on an illustration that happens in the rule book. Uh, it's called The Battle of the Titans. And it says, Previously in the story, Tyrus had been assigned a mission, which was to keep peace between three major fighters. One died. <laughs> so I just <laughs> skipped that bit. <laughs> And then witness, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, you all know my talent for inventing a name. Here's two names that I made up. The two left were Xenoid Fish and Humphrey Bogart. And they were both extremely large. Tyrus had hired a pizza delivery boy. His name, Toast. His occupation, making extremely nasty pizzas. I don't know. (laughs) He was making his way up the Hill of Bones (laughs) when when Humphrey Bogart's assistant went charging towards Xenoid and his dog. Xenoid swiftly grabbed him by the head with his power claws and fed him to the dog. Bogart, who was sitting on his little bone throne, (laughs) couldn't stand Big Z, in brackets, Xenoid, killing his little friend. He then shot at the dog, hitting its chest and killing it. Yeah, I'm as distressed as you are. (laughs) Whoa, dude, that doggy's out cold, Toast said. I'm not boast... Oh, this is someone else. Bogart said, I'm not boasting or anything, but that was a jolly good shot. (laughs) No, it wasn't, dude, (laughs) said Toast. Bogart got damn angry with this remark and fired off an entire clip at Toast. Toast lifted up his pizza and the plasma bursts bounced back and fried Bogart's brains. Toast then walked towards... It's very complicated. Toast then walked towards Big Z to give the pizza to him. Just for show, Big Z decided he would take a pot shot or two at this pizza boy with his las guns. Toast dodged these with extreme speed. And tell me if you can guess that I'd very recently watched The Matrix. Big Z's... <laughs> sorry, yeah. Toast dodged these with extreme speed. Big Z's jaw dropped. No one's ever moved like that. <laughs> Well, it wasn't fast enough, dude. You singed the pizza. Hey, catch! While swooping through the air like a frisbee, Toast had made a razor edge on the pizza, which lopped off Big Z's head and just plain cut Tyrus to pieces. Wow, there goes the hero. And then it just sort of ends. (laughs) All it says is, we will now follow Sergeant Stone, one of Tyrus's accomplices at the killing of Corvandius and then explains who in which illustration belongs to this story. So how come this didn't get optioned? Well... And can I ask, was Toast as a name, 11-year-old you mm. responding to your parents saying that pizza is just posh cheese on toast? <laughs> I <laughs> wish it was. I think it was just me trying to come up with a cool pizza name. Also, I think apart from The Matrix, I'd also read Snow Crash, which features a cool pizza delivery guy. So I was just stealing from everyone. And then there's like a million His pages... Pictures. There's like a, a head with a grenade in its mouth. It's like stuff that 11-year-olds shouldn't hold care it upside, about. Hold enough. it upside down. It's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so basically I read this and then I realized what I should do is do justice to my 11-year-old self and finish off this story. So I'm going to pick up the story of Sergeant Stone. <laughs> I need that too, mate. Joe Fuck needs, it now. Give me some. We're, we're being dabbed I by like Steve. The, you know, when... 
Steve dabbed us down, he did use separate dabbing for Joe yes. rather than reusing it. Oh, you beautiful man. All the things we've shared over the years, apparently. Dab the Duke. Kitchen roll. <laughs> dab, dab the Duke. Duke. <laughs> Essentially, what I've done is I've taken the, the basis of my original story. That's Babadook. <laughs> he dabbed my goddamn face off! <laughs> Babadook's jaw has fallen off. That scene where we the should guy point gets out, smashed with the ball like, we, in Pan's Labyrinth. I feel like for people listening at home, and if that we should point out at this point that like it is unbelievably hot in this room, and I'm wearing basically no clothes. Whilst meanwhile, Log is dressed in a full black bodysuit and a winter jacket and a nylon wig and a face mask over his morph suit head. If, I, I'm, if I'm not saying much, it's because I am on the brink of death. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's so hot in the room that, like, periodically almost everyone in the room is, is like, cooling themselves down with a piece of paper to the point where, in the corner of my eye, I keep imagining people are waving to the Queen or something. If anyone wants this morph suit when I'm finished... Some... Oh, crap, it's Gamer Girl bathwater! Yeah. Who needs this? the bathwater? It's just pure sweat. I've got to say, when you were in the Babadook outfit, crawling around the floor whilst mopping up beer, I thought, this is definitely now a sex thing for Log. I <laughs> I've just kicked over that beer. Let let me serve you. I just want to help. Babadook, help. (laughs) Why is Babadook Hulk in your head? (laughs) It doesn't match the voice I've got for my own feature, so I've got got to to commit to a voice Babadook smash. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're getting away from the fact that I'm finishing a 20-year-old, well, near 20-year-old story. I just want to point out that what I'm doing is... I'm aiming to capture the original spirit of the stories, but reflect that I've grown up a bit. I have different cultural interests than just guns and the Matrix and pizza, so this is a bit more mature. (coughs) Sergeant Stone was filling out his tax return (laughs) when his back twinged again. The 48-year-old Imperial Guardsman and veteran of the Gland Wars instinctively reached back behind him to ease his sciatica but accidentally brushed past the extruding extra pancreas implanted in him to shoot combat hormones into his second heart. Hachimachi, he yelped in surprise, <laughs> as a drop of hyperadrenaline entered his bloodstream and, make him insti- and made him instinctively put a fist through his coffee table again. <laughs> the distraction made Stone forget his Imperium insurance number, and he rifled around the papers on the table to find his P60. Snatching it up, Stone's mega eyes glanced over his year-end tax total. Flippin' taxman's pleading me try over here, he muttered to himself. He was convinced that the bean counters in the inquisitorial accounts department pushed grunts like himself just above a higher tax bracket. He used to say as much to Melissa before she left. He'd heard from a guy at work that Melissa had recently been seen out and about. What's happening uh, over there? Babadook. Babadook, clean it up. Help. Did it go on your legs? <laughs> <laughs> Babalek. We've had a spill we had a spillage in the audience. It's one of those Gav, nice. play your song again. <laughs> <laughs> He'd heard from a guy at work that Melissa had recently been seen out and about with an Adeptus Mechanicus tech priest. I forgot how in-depth I went with the uh, old Warhammer lore. <laughs> He'd asked what a fucking tech priest like that had that he didn't, and his so-called friend had pointed out that tech priests have like four more cybernetic limbs than Stone did, so they were probably pretty unique in the sack. Stone had tried to pretend pretend that this hadn't hurt as much as it did. He'd always suspected that Melissa was disappointed with his performance because she'd keep kneading on his second pancreas to zhuzh him up a bit when they were doing missionary. (laughs) She stopped doing even that when the extra chemicals caused him to headbutt the headboard off their bed while screaming about blood. She left a couple of weeks later. He tried to cover up his obvious pain with a joke. Good luck to the guy. I mean, sure, the undying emperor of man chose to condemn himself to 10,000 years in a crumbling prison of flesh, performing constant psychic battle against the dark rulers of the warp. But what's that compared to a night in with Melissa, am I right? (laughs) That got a thin smile and a goodbye from his colleague. He'd been thinking about that a lot and really got under his skin. Stone shook himself from his reverie and decided his taxes could wait. Levering himself out of his seat carefully to avoid more back pain, he ambled over to the fridge. He wanted a sandwich, and he was pretty sure he had ham and cyber turkey in. Honestly, he'd been trying to cut back on meat because he'd heard it was bad for the environment. He didn't really understand why, given that humanity's million-planet empire made one environment a statistical irrelevance, but it helped him feel better. (laughs) 
He stood for three minutes just looking into the fridge, trying to decide. Ham? Cyber turkey? Cyber turkey? Ham? Ham and cyber turkey? No, Stone, he told himself. It's only Tuesday, you greedy pig. He kind of wished he'd not been so stubborn and just done the three-for-two deal and gotten some roast uber beef with the other lunch mates. At that moment, the front door burst open. I haven't written door. The front door burst open. The red rays of Earth's terminally ill sun poured past a figure in the doorway, rendering them an inky silhouette. A voice emerged from a human-shaped void. Hey, dude, my name's Toast, and I got a pizza for you. <laughs> As Stone's eyes adjusted, he saw a guy in thin sunglasses and a big, long goth coat on a skateboard. His baseball hat said boom on it. He basically looked the coolest. Stone explained that he hadn't ordered a pizza. Oh, I never said you ordered it, dude, but I got one for you anyway. Toast opened the pizza box and revealed a perfect-looking pizza pie. But the topping was guns! <laughs> Toast smiled a big smile and said, Eat my guns. All the guns shot green lasers at Sergeant Stone, but he got away because he did a roll. Stone shouted, Stop! But Toast laughed and said, No way, dude, because I am an assassin as well as a pizza guy, and there's a two-for-one deal on your nuts. Stone said, I don't understand what that means, and Toast looked annoyed. Stone grabbed his plasma gun out of the fridge and said, Justice is served cold, and pulled the trigger. It jammed. Stone looked in the barrel. Oh no, I got cyber turkey right down my gun. Toast put his pizza box on the ground, and it grew legs. It was a robot gun pizza. It began to shoot, and Toast skateboarded up the wall and did a nolly right onto Stone's tax forms. But remember when Stone punched his table? Well, now the skateboard's wheel fell in the punch hole, and it broke off. Toast was damn angry, and he said, Damn it, man, why the hole? And he threw a grenade at Stone. Stone grabbed it out of the air and ate the grenade. It was okay, because he had a mutant stomach from the gland wars. Oh my god, dude, that was crazy, said Toast. Yeah, said Stone. I've only known one person who could do that, dude. It was my dad on the Forge World Dantris 3, but he was taken away when I was a kid. Oh my god, said Stone. Let me take a closer look at you. Michael, is that you? Dad, said Toast. Michael, cried Stone. And as they hugged, the robot pizza shot Stone in the head. As he died in Michael's arms, Stone said, Not like this. Not like this. Just like Switch in the Matrix. The end. Am I trapped in a dream? What's going on? That was like know. an unreleased uh, manual. I feel like a lot of people are seeing their own reflection in my face off the sweat. <laughs> so it intense. could be that you're just seeing your own I feel self. Like, I feel like this is the perfect arena to start a cult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking as the Babadook, I kind of liked. I'm more of an old folksy kind of person. I don't mm-hmm. like the, fu- the future or the science and that. Not into it, but um, liked it. Liked it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah. I think we should play a jingle, and I should get off of this chair and cool. Regular features. We are best friends. But you wouldn't know Because you've no friends Well Do you like our solution for having too many people on our podcast? (laughs) Or do you resent the fact that we're adding additional heat to the room? (laughs) It can go either way and that's fine it wasn't the ideal night to introduce a sixth member of the podcast, <laughs> the Babadook. Her name is Giant Hot Betty. She radiates like a thousand suns, and she's here tonight. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Betty, no! Uh, is it my feature now? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm just going to grab a drink I saw. <laughs> we, um, we wrote down a set list because it's so complicated. <laughs> it is quite complicated. It's really far away. And at the end of the show, of the I'm going to throw it out, and you can put it on eBay. <laughs> no one will care. <laughs> Stop talking off mic, Log. Be professional. Right, so it's difficult, it's difficult when you've got a mask. Babadook. Logadook. Uh, I'm this. I'm not going to really give this much of an intro, because I don't really know what it is. I just sort of went a bit mad. It's been a hot day. Um... 
I, 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 we're going to do the regular features Grown Prix, which is a race <laughs> featuring two of the worst people in the world, uh, both, both racing against each other by using the sheer energy of the fact that they are um, miserable and complaining about everything. And uh, talented actors here, Stephen Logg, are going to be performing the roles of two of these people. <laughs> Stephen Babadook. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, no, I mean, it's done now, isn't it? The, ma the it mask. Was the I, entire time. I remain the Babadook. The mask is just merely one of the myriad of faces that I can wear. I mean, sure. By the, by the time it gets to Babadook 4 or whatever, that'd probably be true. Um, okay. Oh, they're doing a new one. I mean, probably, I don't know, at some point. Maybe not for like five years, but who knows? Anyway. Better, better fucking cast me. <laughs> Have you sent in your tape? <laughs> no. I think you'll get it. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and gentle ladies, and non-binary humans, and girls who like boys, who treat girls like their boys, welcome to the 15th Grand Prix, hosted as always under the overcast grey skies of Monaco. <laughs> Today's genuinely terrible, dreary contestants will be hurling themselves around the track at speeds of upwards of 300 miles per hour, powered purely by the sheer force of misery. Warming up on the starting line, we have Holly complaining to their team about an experience they had in the supermarket last Tuesday. But honestly, if you don't want me to point at your children and say, I bet it didn't take you this long to pump out those little shitters, then maybe just hurry up with a self-service machine. And just outside of pole position, we have, of course, George warming themselves up in front of a mirror with a medley of dad jokes, facts, and disastrously constructed observations. So we took the A roads this time, much quicker than the motorways, which have obviously all been clogged up with immigrants. I, <laughs> I mean, bananas aren't hard to find. There's a picture of bananas on the screen almost constantly. And she clearly had more children than she had any reasonable idea what to do with. They come over from Calais on a boat owned by Owen Jones and then disguise themselves with lumps of tarmac to get through the customs. Obviously, in the long run, that's why we end up with potholes. And I've just received word that the race is about to begin. The man with the chequered flag has dropped the flag. He's wandered off, leaving the flag on the floor. He's absolutely lost all interest. And now we have the man with the starting pistol. He's unfolded a long list of reasons why Netflix has become too politically correct. And bang, he shot himself in the head. And we're off! <laughs> Groaning straight into second gear like a man who made misery his wife for another life. Holly is already halfway around the first lap, pointing out to no one that it's deeply unfair that the world chooses to judge them on their appearance before pointing out that it's been absolutely ages since a Doctor Who companion has had a visibly sexy arse. Are we honestly expected to believe that a time-traveling alien would have any interest in anything less than the absolute peak specimen of a species? As a Time Lord, he would clearly demand deady air. And if they get to see it, and if they get to see it, then I want to too. It's a vital part of being immersed within the fiction. Meanwhile, George seems to be stuck in first gear, struggling to logically land the assertion that psychopaths are affronts for Armenian grooming gangs. <laughs> so, obviously, bicycles are for vegan twats, and these criminals want to make us weaker by limiting our intake of delicious meats and beef. So, it's quite clear to anyone who isn't a lunatic that... You piece of shit! You fucking piece of shit! Come on, you dickhead! You racist piece of shit! Oh, typical. The so-called tolerant left resort to name-calling. <laughs> Too scared to have a real debate about the rational facts about paedophiles and bicycles. That's a fantastic boost from the team supporting George, giving him an incredible amount of fuel for cyclical groaning without so much as the sliver of actual substance required. And I suppose after they've... Ah, and after, and I, oh, my en piece of shit! <laughs> my engine stalled. And I suppose after they've called for all paedophiles to be freed from prison and given free Bromptons, they'll be demanding that we officially pardon all volcanoes! Already into fourth gear with an unbelievably spicy underground grumbling. It's a boost of speed that might win them the race, but there's also a tinge of excitement in their voice there. If they aren't careful, this inflammatory ranting could end up burning them out, trading the moaning required for top speeds for an absolutely useless streak of passion. <laughs> Why did they have to make Torchwood gay? Perfectly brilliant television ruined by politics being rammed down my throat like a hot dog 
or a hard rod or a big juicy bloody penis. And that's just some incredibly potent moaning there. A niche topic that frankly no one has cared about for hundreds of episodes laced with evidently repressed sexual yearning that just slams the whole thing into fifth gear. That's absolutely some of the best we've seen here in years. It's miserable, pathetic, slightly saddening around the edges and crucially, absolutely no one wants to hear it. But Holly still has a way to go to catch up with the unexpected boost from George. 40 laps in and it's back to pure groaning. It's pretty evident from the tones of groans coming from George's mouth that pushing the engine that hard that fast has taken a toll on their chassis of dreary fucking bullshit. And yes, it looks like they're pulling in for a pit stop. You bastard! You fucking bastards! (laughs) Am I pit stopping for both of them? You're both bloody bastards! And spotting that the other racer is taking time for a full refuel, Holly sends a signal to their team who immediately prepare for a brief refit. Where's... There he is. He went to get some gin and tonic. It's this guy. No, 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 no. no. He stinks! You bloody... No, 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 Joe. No, that's that's incredibly inappropriate. It's just offending our our co-host. Uh, yeah, um, um, <laughs> one second. Uh, He's gone for a disappointing massage from a hipster. Oh. That's something that, that they've been complaining about for at least 50 laps, alternating between far too soft and far too hard. <laughs> the whole of the team has spent hours formulating the perfect sound bites to pair with this massage for the purposes of mildly infuriating Holly. And what's the masseuse going to say to Holly just at the end of this? There's nothing on the script. Gab, we talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken about this. I think... Uh... Oh, no, wait. He's not long, is he, though? It's Holly. Holly. Call me what you Holly. want. Speaking to a microphone. Holly, I think your face looks shit. <laughs> it's just... That's quite rude. All right. And they're back on the racetrack and going faster and faster, looping around lap after lap at a tremendous velocity. I can't believe that loser refused to debate me. I did not enjoy being touched by a man. When Turkey I can't joins, you made me say that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> He's living out his straight fantasies. When, when Turkey joins the EU, the M6 re- will be replaced with a big kebab. Pe- people like him want to replace all meals with breakfast cereal. <laughs> And as the end of the feature rapidly approaches, a huge wall of steel spikes suddenly appears across the width of the track, immediately impaling both railists as horribly as their cars spin off and explode like cheap fireworks. That's the first time I've mentioned cars. I don't actually know if they were part of the feature, but well, they are now! In my dying breath, I, George, would like to make it clear that I deserve to die horribly on this wall of metal spikes. My innards and genitalia, all spliced up and minced, my limbs strung out in an unlikely chain, like tinsel strung across a terrifying Christmas tree. And I too deserved this grisly death, improbably under the exact same circumstances, because I, Holly, am an absolute prick. <laughs> the, the end. end. And that was whatever that was. Hello. Uh, we need a jingle. We got the number of jingles wrong. Oh, are we, are we out of jingles? features come up. I feel like we've trapped them all. <laughs> <laughs> like we're mad fucking serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Sing the fucking song! Again? Celebrate! Stop sweating! It's not going to get any more comfortable if you don't sing! <laughs> i tell you what, I just went downstairs. Ooh, it doesn't cool the leg. <laughs> When you step into the door, it hits you in the, in the face. They just go, oh. Guys, we've only got five more features to go. <laughs> we're doubling up on features tonight. <laughs> and then we're out of here. 
No, there's two more. There's logs and then there's the Babadooks. Uh, I won't do mine. I'll just pass over to the Babadook, shall I? <laughs> the Babadook. Oh, that's, don't be mean. No, I like it. You had more costume on when you were sitting in the back seat. My costume has fallen to shit. <laughs> it's literally disintegrated around you. I, I can't tell you how profusely I'm sweating. As it, tur- as it turns out, paper doesn't respond well to massive amounts of gas. <laughs> Who'd have known? It's really corrosive gay sweat. Never book one. <laughs> anyway. Hey, 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 hey. I'm the Babadook. You might remember me from that film I was honoured to have a part in. It was named after me. I played this monster, right? My role was kind of like, um, how do you put it? I was a kind of physical manifestation of depression and grief. Kind of a bit like... It was a bit of a step away from our previous jobs, to be honest, which was mainly clerical stuff, admin. <laughs> Nothing particularly exciting. It was just one of those jobs you kind of end up in. Anyway, I got the part in the Babadook because, well, I'm the Babadook, <laughs> and representation matters. I heard, Tilda, I heard Tilda Swinton was sniffing around the role, but I possessed her and made her kill her dog. That's, <laughs> that's just my way of saying, step back, bitch. <laughs> So working with Jennifer Kent, the, who wrote and directed the movie, The Babadook, me, uh, it was kind of difficult, really. Being, being the Babadook, I had a few ideas how the character should appear on the screen. I wrote a few of the lines. Well, I didn't write a few of the lines. Jennifer Kent wrote it. But I did try to <laughs> improvise a bit on set, thinking, a bit of fun. Um, but ch- check out. This, this is what I thought would be make a good theme tune. Ooh, Babadooky, very, very spooky. Am I a real monster or are you going kooky? <laughs> The emptiness that's in my heart. The emptiness that's in your heart. I've come to fill it. Ooh, so you've got a little child. I'm going to make you kill it. (laughs) But in the end, Jennifer decided to go really bare bones with my character. None of the lines they improvised on set got through. The bit where I appear in a mirror and say, Ooh, your kids are right, wanker. You'd be better off without. (laughs) On the cutting room floor. A scene where I whisper, ooh, you're dead ugly and your friends think you're shit. Jennifer said it was a bit on the nose. She wanted to say so. I said, so. well, I didn't say it, but I thought, there's something on your nose in a minute, missus. And I mime, in my head, I mimed punching her, but obviously none of it happened. You've got to be a professional on set. I'm the Babadook. I'm a pro. In the end, all that I actually said in the film was a phone call. And I just phoned up, I phoned up the mum, whatever her name is, I forget. Uh, and just said, Babadook, Duke, Duke. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said, Jennifer, Jennifer, do I look like a fucking Pokemon? <laughs> and then I said, don't answer that, Jennifer. I know I do, and it's a bit of a sore point. <laughs> so- <laughs> So what I was told was going to be a sensitive look at the internal life of a creature that is either a symptom or a cause of depression. Let's face it, I came across as a bit of an arsehole. Not only that, but a weird arsehole who eats earthworms, apparently. Fucking hell. I've never eaten an earthworm in my life. That's funny, the best thing about the movie, the thing, thing that, a good thing that came out of that movie was that it was classified in Netflix as a LGBT movie. <laughs> and it, obviously, not right. I fucking hate him. But... <laughs> that was an improvised line that actually was contrary to everything that's coming. <laughs> Fuck it, stop. So, um... Well, it does, it does kind of make sense if you think about it. I like killing kids, and gay people go out of their way to have sex that doesn't cause them. It kind of really removes an aspect of my personality that becomes a sticking point with straight couples when I try to make them murder their kids. <laughs> <laughs> and in no time at all, I was getting into all the gayest parties and trying out all the latest gay sex. So that thing I said earlier about Aetonum, obviously that was internalised homophobia. <laughs> it happens a lot, even in Babadook communities. So you might think, 
that getting sucked off by this huge mouth that has dropped off. Um, it would be like rolling a tuppence down Regent Street. But there's a simple answer to that dick-sucking quandary. More dicks. Once you've got about five or six fat boys rolling around your gob... Please, the, Babadook. The party's getting started. And that's even before you get around to butt stuff. I'm mad for it, lads. If you walk past a hotel room and hear someone saying, just keep carrying them dicks into my butt, lads, it's probably me, the Babadook. <laughs> Don't give a shit, one after the other. But one thing I will say... <laughs> My hat has been dropping off all night, and I can't believe it's decided to stay on this jaunty ankle. What? (laughs) One thing I will I will say: do remember to douche. As I said in my educational campaign for the Terence Higgins Trust. The last thing you want is a bit of babadookie on your babadick. <laughs> well, I've had fun being gay, but it's time to go back to my baba roots. Has it gotten jaunty? Has my hat just got even jaunty? Yeah! I didn't even think it was possible. I feel like I'm in one of them sketches where they're, just, they're in barber's chairs and they go like 50 feet high, just, but with hats. So what I've done to lay down the new... <laughs> my new career. How are you doing that, you demon bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I've written a little script that I want to run by you, lads. Okay. It's a sequel to The Babadook, which I'm calling Babadook. <laughs> On the poster, I'm going to change the letter D to uh, the number two. <laughs> I called up Jennifer Kent to tell her my plans, because... Her options expired. And when she finally picked up the phone on me, she said that it would probably look like Baba 200K, which sounds like a child's typewriter. <laughs> and I'm like, I just said to her, must you shit on everything I say and do? Oh, his hat fell off. That, that, wasn't, back on. that wasn't sympathy for the Babadook getting shit on by Jennifer Kent, although I would appreciate that. That's my hat falling off. <laughs> and before I hung up, I just said Babadook, Duke, Duke, to, just to be honest. Still fucking rankles. <laughs> hey, come on, lads. Let's read out a bit of the Babadook. 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 This is basically falling apart, this paper is. Have we got Are we ready? Yeah. Uh, who, 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 who's the parts? Who are we? Um, Doesn't say which are, There's mother and child, so I think. Child? Gav, you be the child, Steve, Fantastic. you be the mother. Excellent. Our natural role. Who's going to be the Babadook? <laughs> I told you. Fucking, if Tilda Swinton gets it, I'm fucking outraged. Tumpty, tumpty, tum. Minding my own business, being the Babadook. Tumpty, tumpty, tum. Tumpty, tum, tum. Help! Help! My kid is a rotten bollock and I'm getting depressed about it. I just farted on your leg. Now your leg belongs to my bum. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. Can you just stay there for a minute? I've just got to post this letter, but when I get back, do you mind if I haunt your family? It's it's just, it's for a thing. Not so fast, the Babadook. (laughs) I know your game and I'm a black belt in karate. Are you called a Babadook because a baby had sex with a duke? Well, first of all, I think it's strange the way you worded that like the baby was the top in the relationship. He's six years old. He doesn't know about tops and bottoms. I know your leg belongs to my bottom, (laughs) according to the provisions laid down in my new white paper regarding the transfer of title as relating to having a fart done on it. Oh, he's a precocious little shit, isn't he? (laughs) Have you considered maybe cutting yourself off from all your support networks and then spiralling into depression and killing him? (laughs) I could... I could... I could possess you if you want and make it easier. No one knows my son is a dickhead more acutely than I do. 
But I was kind of hoping it's a phase. And if I killed him, I'll never know. Well, if I was still a massive arsehole out of 18, maybe you could kill me then. That is a good compromise. Well done. You have saved yourself from the Babadook. So now I'm just going to say, could I just shag your husband then? I don't know if you've heard, but I'm absolutely batshit for Mandic. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, the film just basically turns into a porn movie where I suck off like five or six guys. Fat dicks. And then um, just couple load in my arsehole. Did you say bat dicks? I'm... I'm batshit for man dick. What do you say, batshit for man dick? I did man a man shit, shit on a bat, bat dick. <laughs> That's our show. Just a quick question. I'm not into our audience participation, but does anyone here have a kid? Hands up. You'll know if you're lying. I know at least Brilliant. one of you has a kid. Yeah, this it's one over like, here. Ah, that's brilliant. Oh, well, we always have a drink after the show with our readers, so, like, I just love a little chat, if that's cool. <laughs> see you downstairs, lovely. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys downstairs for a beer.